This is Matthew McFadden, and you're listening to the FSF Podcast. The show where red shirts always come back from their missions just so they can get away from the podcasters. Nice. <laughs> so mean. So mean. I love it. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Red Shirt crewman number 17. She'll know that when she puts on the red shirt and joins the crew of the Enterprise in their struggles against a Romulan-like class warbird, that she didn't leave her family destitute and without hope because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has her back and what's left of her translator. Hey guys, our guest today is an amazing actor with credits in shows like The Hardy Boys, uh, Jupiter's Legacy, Designated Survivor, The Handmaid's Tale, and you probably would most recognize him from his role on Star Trek Strange New Worlds as the Romulan commander. We're so excited and proud to welcome Matthew McFadgen to the FSF podcast. Welcome to the show, Matthew. Thank you so much. It's really good to be here with you both. Yeah, we're excited. So before we jump into anything, I have to say one thing real quick, because uh, I was talking with Jesse from Open Pike Night before mm. uh, before uh, all of this, and he wanted me to let you know that the Open Pike Night boys are rooting for you to get the role of Sarek. Oh, uh, that means so much. I mean, yeah. come on. How cool would that be, right? Man. Right, that'd be amazing. And yeah. I, I was... Uh, so I went back and I was looking into it. I, I knew who Sarek was. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, we'll get into this a little bit later, but I'm still kind of fledgling in my Star Trekishness. Um, oh, thank goodness. I've been on, I've been on these shows with folks that know so much and I'm so intimidated by that. So I'm glad if you are yeah. ignorant, like Yay, me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so when he was like, Sarek, I was like, Sarek, 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 that name sounds really familiar. That sounds like a name I should know. And I went back mm. and I looked it up and I'm like, yeah, that's box dead. Romulans, Vulcans, they're pretty close. They're basically related. Okay, yeah, okay, sure. So I'm like, and I was like, and then I started looking at it more. I'm like, and then I looked at your Romulan character and I looked, I'm like, oh yeah, he could pull that off, definitely. Yeah, he oh. can make that work. Yeah. So oh, that's that's so kind. Thank you for saying that. Who so, knows? Yeah, I, who knows, right? So yeah. yeah, I I saw that and I and I thought, you know, Jesse was like, like, yeah, okay, that could happen. And the more I looked at it, I was like, you know, Jesse might be onto something there. So oh. Well, anyway, you know. so on behalf yes. of the Open Pike boys, we hope you get we hope you get to be uh, sad, so. brilliant. Well, kisses back to them. That's like brilliant. That's that's a, such a uh, an honor, you know, to hear something like that. I mean, I think that role is just. Uh, does it get any cooler than that? I mean, I thought Ron, being a Romulan commander was pretty cool, but Sarek is like the, a role. You know, that mm-hmm. is that's that's, yeah, that's massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be massive. Deal. Yeah. For sure. I think whatever whatever they do, it'll be it'll be the right thing. For oh, sure. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, based off any everything I saw off of uh season one of Strange New Worlds, I'm I'm very excited for season two and what's coming up with that. Excited to see where they're going with a few things, uh, because the way season one ended. So I'm like, like I can't wait for for June 15th to get here. I'm like, it, it can't come fast enough. I'm very excited about that. So but yeah, it's only yeah. next week. I, I, you know what? You're not alone. I mean, like, you know. I think a lot of folks are pretty darn pumped about season two yeah. drop. Yeah. Already. We've all known it's been hanging around for right. two years. You know, right. just like, give it to us. Make it happen. Let's go. Put it in our blood. Chip, chop, chip. Let's do this. So, yeah. uh, 
okay. So, hey, we'll talk about a little bit more about that here in just a moment. Sure. But uh, one of the first things that we always like to do uh, with our guests, Matthew, is kind of get like set the bar as to who they are and what they are. And we love stories. We're nerds. We love origin stories. We love finding out the background of, of people. And, and particularly me, I like to know what makes people tick and kind of how they got to be where they are and, and why they do the things that they do. You know, mm. um, so in the story of, of you, what influenced a young Matthew to become the actor that we know today? What's your what's your origin story? That's a good question, and especially framed like that. <clears throat> I feel like it should be dark and tragic, and maybe it is in places. Who knows? We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, maybe it didn't start out tragic, but uh, there was a girl in high school who ran a theater festival, and uh, I thought she was amazing. And so I wrote a play. Uh, and I remember watching the play being performed and, and having a bit of a, a moment of, uh, of, of, of this thing that I did. It was pretty flippant, you know, but, but it suddenly held great significance and, and was one of the coolest things I'd ever seen. Just seeing these words come to life, I thought was, uh, was just a thrill. So I started out writing, you know, because of the girl. Now the girl went away. I kept writing, and I started to act in in high school, and then, um, you know, just doing as much as you can in high school, I suppose, doing you know, the school play and and that sort of thing. And then uh, I got I went to university in Montreal, um, and the longer my degree went along, the more I was uh, not doing my essays and instead going to the theater to to act and to do shows. And I did more and more shows. Auditioned for theater school. They people like a teacher said, "You should audition for theater school." And I said, "What's that?" They said, <laughs> "It's where you need to go." So I auditioned. I went in, and I decided to take it a bit seriously. I guess at that point, um, and sort of found my people. I think in a lot of ways, uh, you sort of look around in theater school, and you're like, "Oh yeah, you're all you're all nuts in the in the same way I'm a little <laughs> nuts, and we all like telling stories." And we're all real committed to this and, uh, you know, kind of found my people. And then um, I did, uh, I'm doing the whole story. That's, that's more than the origin, isn't it? The oh, origin okay. was, we fell like in love that. with the girl, girl went away, the love of acting stayed and love of theater stayed. Uh, and then a slow transition from theater to, uh, to screen, which I do mostly these days. Right. Well, no, no, your answer was fine. I was actually really enjoying it. You can't give us too much information. Let's just put it that way. Uh, we are, we are, uh, we've had people apologize for rambling. We're like, no, you were giving a great answer. It's not rambling. Oh, good. Okay. So, that's great to know. Yeah. I can ramble and I will. That's okay. We so, won't stop you either. Great. Because so, if you start rambling, then we don't ramble. And then that's really better for everybody. She's okay. not Fair wrong. <laughs> She's not wrong. We have a tendency, and by we, I mean me, uh, to just start rambling and, you don't have to shake your head that aggressively, uh, but we need, you but need yeah. like a, a ramble, a ramble safety word or something. Just right? you know, the other person call pineapple, out pineapple, so, pineapple. You know. But yeah, then you wouldn't hear me over the sound of your own voice. You would just be standing here, sitting here saying pineapple, and people would be so confused. You know, I I did find it interesting though that you said that that you got started because of an interest in a girl. And it's yeah. also been interested to me to the number of people that we've talked to have had that same reaction, whether it was oh, really? a girl or a girl or a boy, and then you know somebody of the opposite sex, or you know, or, you know, or somebody yeah. the same sex. Just there was a, there was sure. a, some romantic spark there where there was like, 
well, if I do this, I can get closer yeah. to that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think only a small, a small number of the people who have brought that up as part of their origin story have actually, you know, landed that fish. Uh, <laughs> most of them have got, it's gotten away. Uh, hey, you, well, you know what? I landed the fish, but the, 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 the thing that I was like, the theater thing was much better than the girl in the end. Ah, uh, you know, well, there you go. There you it go. Happens. Fair enough. The fish, the fish didn't weigh as much as the thing, you know? <laughs> gotcha, buddy. All right. No, that's cool. That's, that's, uh, that's a cool origin story. That's, I think that if you can have a love that grows out of something like that, I think it makes it more, I think it makes it more complete to you because it's not just something you do. It's something that you're doing because it's, it's, there's a drive there clearly to do what you're yeah. doing. And, it, and you know what, I guess it was also like, I, I realized it was a real outlet for, uh, for me to express myself through these people that I would play, you know, you're safe to get mad and you're safe to be, you know, you're safe to show emotions and, and, uh, and try on different experiences. Uh, and that's very addictive, you know, that just sort of ability to, to be, to be curious, you know, mm-hmm. to be curious about other people's lives and, uh, sure. and get inside them. A bit. Neat. It's fun. I, I could see that mm-hmm. very easily for yeah. me. Yeah. That's yeah. actually. I mean, you know, you, when you're a kid, you're like, you, you know, you want to be all these things. You want to be a fireman and a, and a doctor or an astronaut, and the, you know, it's basically what actors are still doing. You know, and they, as they grow older, it's just, just still playing make believe. You know, what's better than that? I don't know. Getting paid to play, reason. getting paid to play make believe. I think right. that's better. So. <laughs> I think True that's the reason though that like tabletop role-playing games are as popular as they are is that it's that same sort of yeah. little bit of a creative outlet of the i'm going to be a bard even though you I are can't you bard. are totally absolutely right that is exactly the same thing you know i i, I we're playing that my family are we are hyrule warriors all right we are like legend of zelda geeks and we're playing the game right now like the new one and and mm-hmm. my my wife came in and she's like, you have to go and do this. And I'm like, I am Link. I what? am Link. I don't know. Do you have any idea what I'm dealing with here? I actually had to stop playing Tears of the Kingdom to do the interview. Like, I get it. I get it. No, like my husband, I picked my husband up from work and came home and he's like, how much, how much Tears of the Kingdom have you played today? I'm like, not that much. The four-year-old is still alive. It's all good. Like. Obviously, yeah. she, she's eaten multiple meals today. I've eaten multiple meals. Obviously, I haven't only been in Hyrule. <laughs> My eight-year-old comes home and, and he says, did you do any today? And I'm like, no, not much. Meanwhile, I have, you know, I've taken out temples. I have new powers. I have, you know, and I'm like, no, nothing, nothing. Just mm-hmm. don't so, take my game time, dude. Right. Right. I don't have a Nintendo Switch, but my nephew does, and I've been watching him play, and he's been playing Tears of the Kingdom, and he's like, and I'm kind of finding myself, even by as a bystander watching it, going, getting invested. I'm like, oh, if you're going to take on that guy, don't you need the this other Yo. this other shield? Yo. You're going to need a better sword than the one you got. Is there a way That's that we can increase that? You know, Absolutely. And I'm, and I'm watching him do this, and he's and after a couple minutes, he's like, Uncle Tim, I got this, okay? Just <laughs> you know what I just recently found out though is that you can take, I mean, because the the whole mechanic of fusing weapons is fantastic, and I love it. But yeah, if you take yeah. the skeletal um, 
the skeletal arms, those things have like a plus 20. They are way... Fuse two of them together. Yeah. You You get 40. They are way stronger than I thought these stupid bone hands would be. I got so annoyed with them in Breath of the Wild that then now in Tears of the Kingdom, I'm like... another bone hand. Right. (laughs) And the other thing that is of huge value in this game is eyeballs. I want all the eyeballs in the world. They are are extremely valuable on your uh, arrow tips. Yeah. I have had so much fun with that. That and the, the jellies, like... Yes, the, the jellies have come in have been, come in really handy, especially like I, I'm a cheater, but I will use the yellow choo choo jelly and shoot it into the water to kill the fish. Yes, yes that's not cheating. That's and, then, the game. and then go and swim around and catch the fish to then cook the fish. <laughs> Very smart. so much easier. Very, you know, before this podcast, I was like, "Don't talk about Tears of the Kingdom. Don't talk about <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom." We're not five minutes in, and we've talked more about Tears of the Kingdom. Kingdom than oh anything. yeah, for sure. For sure. It's what we do. I mean, that was actually like the intro into my next question was that I had to pull myself away from it to to do the interview today. But talking to you about, well, what is it other than going into Hyrule that you use to recharge your creative battery? Ooh, good question. I think I I exercise a little bit. I meditate a little bit. And I hang out with um, very interesting people. You know, I, if I if I can hang around people that are doing creative, interesting, weird things, then I, you know, it kind of just rubs off. It kind of, yeah. you know, you kind of absorb it. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, between being around interesting people and just some some quiet grounding time, that's that's what does it. You know, I I, I do write a lot, and I find that that sort of helps me uh, stay creative. You know, when you're not acting, because you're not acting every day. You know. Mm-hmm. Right. And you start to miss it, but if you're writing, you're still kind of exercising that part of yourself, I think. Yeah, because so. I feel like, I mean, I could totally be wrong, but I would feel like in the writing, you're still trying to get into the character mindset, and that sure. would still be exercising that same part of your brain of the getting into character, but instead of exactly. acting it, writing it. It's exactly it, and they and I find that they inform each other too, you know? Like, when I'm writing, I'm like, oh, what would it be fun for actors to be saying to each other what would mm-hmm. actors like? how would they like oh no you wouldn't say that. i wouldn't say you would say that this crap you know you can you can take a, a hard pen to it as an actor and be like rigorous with it but and then you're you know when you're on a set and you've got a script you you know you might be bold enough to say i don't know if we need to say this or maybe i'd say this you know your writer brain comes in a little bit but um i think they're definitely valuable to each other and uh, and i'm certainly glad we both we can know Awesome. So I have a question for you about your meditation, because I know a couple different people who do different styles of meditation. So I'm kind of curious which one you employ, or do you employ a multitude of different styles? Because now for some people, meditation means sitting quietly in a room by themselves, nothing else going on, and that they just sit there and and they're there with their thoughts, and that that allows them to find their center, to find peace. For some people, it's it's going for a nice car ride out in the country, or going for a walk in the woods, or so. For you, what does meditation mean, and and it, or do you or do you cross different boundaries on those lines? Yeah, you know, I, I, that's a great question, but I don't think it's going to be the most inventive answer. In that, that's okay. You know, I guess, I guess, uh, I, you know, I think I even when I said, I, you know, yeah, I meditate. I I was felt like that was a brave thing for me to say. I was like, hey, good for you for saying that. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm relatively, I'm new to it in a way, mm-hmm. you know, 
I've, I've run a, a lot um, because it just gets my brain. It just quiet quietens all the all the noise, all the all the criticism, all the you know, all the day. Your whole day just mm-hmm. gets sure. quiet, and you're you're sort of you become a machine eventually if you're just going, you know. And and that's that's very grounding to just sort of empty yourself of that noise. I find so that's one type. But the thing that I'm the thing that is newer to me uh, is like exactly like you said, just being in a room and sitting there and being quiet. And I'm I struggle 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 to do it for three minutes and i go nuts in about 30 seconds i'm like Mm -hmm. i'm going crazy here you know i'm going crazy and i'm like oh that's the thing that's why i'm here i'm just stay stay so that i find that sort of struggle to get past my walls in that way um, really uh useful um in the rest of my day, you know, I feel like I'm just able to take huh. things and to to move through moments in a in a in an easier way um, from taking those even three minutes. I think that's a cool answer because I think a lot of people are are so when they think about meditation, they they think of it as it has to be this very structured, very rudimentary thing where it's it's got to be this. It's all inside these four walls. And if I'm not doing this, then I'm not meditating. And I think that there's a lot of different ways that people can meditate. And, and you know, you talk about going out and running and, and, you know, and doing those things. And some people find that they are, that they're able to be more alone when their thoughts, when they're exercising and doing different things. Mm-hmm. I personally like to sit in my house when it's in the early in the morning, when it's quiet, before everybody gets up, just me, my recliner and a and a cup of coffee and just kind of, you know, and just sit there and, and I kind of think about my day and I think about what's about the, the day previous. And, um, you know, and I've also found that if I'm, uh, cause I struggle with anxiety, you know, if I'm, if I'm having an anxiety filled day, I found that for me, it's, it's able, I, I'm able to sit and focus and think about, you know, uh, structured words and things and, and phrases that, that are, are leading phrases towards something positive you know, and kind of start met using my thoughts to kind of go down that lane. And I found for me that that helps. That's why I asked you about, about what, uh, yeah. yeah, what forms well, of meditation. Isn't it? Doing. I mean, I think so much of it is, is each person finding what works for them. Sure, yeah. You know? it, it's taken me a long time to realize like, Oh, just sit down and shut up, you know, <laughs> just do that. And maybe that's good for you, you know, but right. I, I know, I know the, well, I know something of the feeling that you're describing and just, before everybody's up in that magic morning time, you know, you and your it's coffee, bliss. like that's, that's, that is bliss. And just taking those minutes to yourself and your own thoughts are, I think, very good for us to do that. And hard to do, too. Very hard. I agree. Yeah. Especially. Allow yourself. And especially as parents, too. There's so oh. few, so few moments of quiet. And I know that, I mean, I have, my daughter will be five in September. Anytime that I get to sit alone in a room and it's quiet, like that, that doesn't happen. And if it does, the urge to just take a nap falls so fast with the, I just want to sleep. I know. I know. Five is tricky because they're not quite doing their own thing yet. You know? Yeah. And she just got, she just got done with Head Start. So she's just done with preschool for the summer. So then it's the, well, we're, we've decided we're homeschooling. So I'm like, well, let's not lose that momentum. Let's just keep going with schooling. And so running headfirst into it. (laughs) Rude. Poor kid doesn't get a summer break. She got one day. She got yesterday. 
mean mom is what you are. She okay. got yesterday off, which involved taking her grandmother to a post-op appointment. So yay, days off. Hey, hey. <laughs> Poor kid. Celebrate. Uh, so you kind of touched on this uh, a couple minutes ago, Matthew, but uh, we talked about, you know, uh, the fact that you're also a writer. Uh, but I want to point out also that you're an award-winning writer. You won more, multiple Dora Awards for a play that you wrote called The Mill, which uh, is very cool. Uh, one of 10 plays uh, that says, according to Wikipedia, Wikipedia can yeah. be wrong, but uh, yeah. we, 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 uh, we trust Wikipedia like we trust IMDb. Eh, there's a big grain of salt there. Uh, sure? <laughs> but you, you, talk, you kind of touched on this a little bit, um, how being a playwright and how being a, a, an actor kind of feed off of one another. But I'm wondering mm -hmm. if you could talk about um, the days where you find yourself leaning towards one more than the other, because I, I would imagine that there are some days where you feel more of an actor and there, there are days where you feel more of a playwright. And what are the differences between those days? That's a good question too. Um, I think for me, I'm a strange actor in that I'm quite introverted. I, I really uh, enjoy talking to people and being with people, but I really need my time on my own. I really need that recharge time or else I feel just scattered. Sure. Uh, and, and so some days, you know, I'll wake up and I'll be like, I just need to be in my office for a few hours and close the door with my coffee or whatever it is and, and have writing time. I need that singular time. You know, I don't want to talk about anything. I want to put it down and do my best to do that. And then that's that. Some days you wake up and suddenly you're out in the world and you're, engaging with people and and you you might see someone and you're like wow who is that human what are they up to and you know you might uh, your brain starts thinking or an audition will come in and it'll just hit you in the right way and you'll be like oh man yeah just everything falls away and you just want to act i mean it's it's very instinctual i guess is what i'm saying that that you know you don't plan what your tomorrow's going to be um but i try and serve whatever is appropriate as best mm -hmm. possible does that make sense no it does uh, absolutely yeah. So, yeah have you ever had have you ever had moments where you're doing one like maybe when you're acting and you you mentioned that you know you said that there would be times where you think well oh, I, I i don't think my character would say this your writer your writer hat kind of pops on for mm -hmm. a moment but have you ever been it like acting out something and you've had an idea for for something to write to pop in your head and how, you mean a, so for a different piece entirely do you mean yeah yeah so like say you're you're for okay so say for kicks and giggles you were on the hardy boys set and you're doing something you know with with the hardy boys but you had an idea for you know jupiter's legacy and you were going to write something for that you know how do you handle that you know do you do you scratch it out on, a, on you know just like a rough draft and then stuff it in your pocket for later or do you have you to get totally it out do. of your head right then I, I kind of do you like if I'm on set or something like that, you throw it down on your phone as fast as you can so that it's out of your head. So you're not thinking about it because you mm -hmm. can't be thinking about that when you're acting the, you know, the part you have to be the, doing the part or else it, it won't work. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. when those yeah. thoughts come, like get this out of me at, in, up, up in my uh, office where I do a large part of my work, you know, there's a, there's notepads. You know, and they're just the ideas that, that come that don't know where to go yet. Yeah, exactly, right? We need those. And then then rather than lying in bed at night or being on set or wherever you might be with these ideas flying through your head, you've, you've gotten them out 
you know they're safe somewhere. You'll come back to them when there's time, you know? Yeah, very cool. Same as what you're doing there. <laughs> so the crew of the FSF podcast is hmm. notorious for asking about our guests' pets. Because oh. we are all animal lovers. And as I looked at your website and you talked about your two dogs, Walter and Cosmo, which are also brilliant names. I love those Great names. names. Pets should have Thank fun you. names. But then I learned that yes. Cosmo is a rescue dog, of which I love. New. I love. And you're, when you first mm. posted your pictures of him, you included the hashtag adopt, don't shop, which touched my heart. I am a huge, huge softy when it comes to pets. So what yeah. could you tell us about the Rebel Dog Rescue, the organization that you found Cosmo? Whoa. Oh, oh I'm blind. so glad you're asking about that. What's that one's name? There, that's uh, our two dogs. That's Mia and Toast. Our, Mia's our pit bull and Toast is our corgi. Oh, oh my son wants a corgi. They'll wonderful so dogs. Jealous. Yeah, are they? I don't know much about them. Oh, they're, they're wonderful. They're giant slippers. Yeah, she basically... Um, giant slippers. Just be prepared to sweep all the time. Buy Roombas. Invest in Roombas. Oh, big shedders. Oh, horrible. They're double coated, but uh, it's 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 worth it. They're good dogs. Yeah. And yeah. Toast specifically <coughs> likes to lay on people's feet. The last time we were over at Tim's house, Toast just wanted to sleep on my feet the whole time, and that was the oh, warmest my feet slippers. have ever been. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But she wants yeah. to be a flipper. It's her jam. She, if you're sitting down, she likes to lay across your feet. Keep your toes warm. Amazing. Amazing. So I also have a pit bull. Her name is Zoe Jane. So she's named after two Firefly characters because why not? That's, that's what and do. then we have two cats. We have Nymeria Patrice. So a, she's named after a dire wolf. And okay, Patrice. And Patrice from How I Met Your Mother. Amazing. Yes. And then I have a tuxedo cat who is the only one of his litter of kittens that is not polydactyl. He was the only one that had oh. the normal number of toes. But he's, he is the only tuxedo, but his name is Ernest Fitzgerald. So he's named after Ernest Hemingway and F. Scott Fitzgerald. Amazing. Tuxedo cat. So he's supposed to be all fancy. And then we just typically call him Nern. Nern? Nern. Who's that? How do you get to Nern? From, from Ernest from... to Nerny to Nern. He, and he's, oh, I gotcha. okay. he's such, he, he's such got nerd. one brain cell. That's he's it. got one didn't, brain cell. Didn't Honora tag him with Nern? Yeah, my daughter couldn't say Ernie, so he was Nern, and now it's kind of stuck. Oh, oh, but then it's so funny, too, is this cat will sit in the hallway in what we refer to as the Al Bundy pose, where he is leaned up against the wall, his back feet spread, and the paw in the front. I'm like, dude, if you yeah. were wearing pants, I know where that hand would be. Yeah. But he just, he just sits like that. Yeah, they like it's it. It's kind of, I mean, it looks comfy. They look he, comfortable. He looks comfortable. But yes, Almost actually. <laughs> so yes, wanting to know about the Rebel Dog Rescue now that we've talked about all of our pets as well. Rebel Dog Rescue is a great organization. Um, I think they have different locations. Uh, we just found them on Instagram from scrolling. My wife found them from scrolling through rescue organizations mm -hmm. uh, and just came across them. They take dogs from Texas. <laughs> Uh, that are captured and uh, captured, is that the right word? Found um, and, you know, are going to kill shelters and everything. And they put them in a truck and they bring them up to Canada and they foster them here um, until somebody adopts. And 
we saw this dog. We did not mean to get another dog. We did not mean to do this. It was totally an accident. Uh, I, I started to look at this dog because this dog looks a lot like the dog we had before he mm. died. Mm. But the, this, this, this dog that we got, whose name was Slate at the time, because he's slate colored, slate colored eyes, because mm-hmm. he's blue, kind of husky eyes. Um, anyways, I fell in love with them. We got the dog and we're like, what do we call him? What do we call him? And, and I wanted to call him Iggy Poo. I thought that was hilarious. And like, he likes, he's total, a total spaz and kind of does like Iggy Pop moves around. And I'm like, it's gotta be, gotta be Iggy Poop. <laughs> My son wouldn't have it. He, he was like, I'm sorry, the dog is Cosmo. And I'm like, finally, I'm like, why is he Cosmo? And my boy's like, because he looks like outer space. And I'm oh. like, you win. You win. I love and done. It. That's it. Yeah. Oh my yeah, goodness, so I love it. that. But, but great organization. Our other dogs are rescue as well. And like, uh, you know, totally, you know, adopt, don't shop. It's just not worth it. And these dogs are beautiful animals, you know, who who are really looking and eager to settle in somewhere. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, Mia is a, a, a rehome. We got her from somebody that um, uh, my son wanted a dog. Yeah, he does. My son Nolan doesn't ever really ask for much. I mean, he, when he came to us and said, Dad, I, I want a dog. Can I get a dog? Mm. I was like, yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, uh, sure. And so I, I told him start looking for what he wanted, and he found somebody who uh, thought that, that she could have a, a Staffordshire pit bull, because that's what Mia is, because their mm. their hair is so fine that she thought that, you know, that she'd be okay with it because she was allergic to yeah. dogs. Um, yeah. She thought that less dander, and I'm like, no, no, still still got allergic. Right. And and oh, uh, when we found her, she was a week away from going to the shelter. So uh, we kept her from being able to go to the shelter, and she's, she's a wonderful dog. She's as sweet as the day is long. But she's got mm. I, the fact that she can breathe on her own without being told is very impressive. Um, she's just the dumbest dog I've ever had in my life. I love her to death. She's sweet as can be, but goodness yeah. gracious, this dog is dumb. Uh, it's I half should, the charm. We, we it makes us laugh because she's. I should really, I really back away from their website. Oh gosh. I know, right? You'll find one that's amazing. And Toronto's really not that far. It's really. Five hour, five hour drive. You can make it. Yeah, it takes me less time to get to the Canadian border than it does to get to my mom's house. So they love to. They're really nice people. Um, <laughs> I, you know, some of the nicest dogs, some of the nicest dogs I've ever met have been pit bulls. You know, they they've oh, got yeah. bad. I tell you, they are sweethearts. They've yes, got they such a terrible, terrible reputation, and it's not their fault. No, it's they not. just no. want to cuddle. Oh man, I need to. I'm not looking at the dog. Yeah, side. you need to stop looking at that website. You're going to have a new dog by dinner time. So, oh, my that's husband feel me. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's very cool. Uh, we'll put some information for Rebel Dog Rescue down in the show oh, cool. notes. When and this it looks goes like up. they do have an affiliation with the Rebel Dogs of Detroit as well. Oh, really? There you go. Cool. Yeah. So, that's Michiganders such as us could, uh, you know. I mean, make it makes sense to... trying to Detroit, Canada. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's very cool. All right. So, Matthew, the next question I have for you is usually a question that I only ask of guests who have done something in the Star Wars universe. But over the last couple of years, and and primarily due to how amazing 
uh, Strange New World season one was, I found myself liking Star Trek more and more and more. Uh, so yeah. Strange New Worlds for me, indeed. Um, so yeah. it's a two-part question. Were you always a fan of Star Trek before acting in the universe? And if so, what was your entry point into the fandom? I'll let you ask that fart first, and I'll ask the second one in a moment. <laughs> you said fart. I did say you fart. Said fart. I said fart. You're swearing. God. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 uh, I have a boring answer for that one, I think, and that, uh, and that's, and it's a very stereotypical uh, answer, and that's Khan. You know, I was a, I was a kid when Khan came out, and, uh, and I, you know, Star Trek had always been around, it always been on the television. Uh, you know, I'm a, of an age where, like, I was a kid and I'd watch the old episodes, but I didn't really. It was of a different generation than I was. I didn't connect with it. Star Wars did come out when I was a kid and, you know, was sort of where I gravitated towards. Just, yeah, that's how, that's how things work. But when Khan came out, Khan was different. Khan was scary. It scared me. And I'm like, ooh, Star Trek. I didn't see that coming. You know, mm -hmm. nothing, not, I mean, maybe now, but, uh, you know, I've, re I've watched it a few times, but nothing like, nothing dated in a good way, like the, like this, the original series, you know, uh, it was, it was like, it was a scary movie. And I, and I thought that was super cool. Uh, but, you know, I don't know if I was ever like a huge fan, to be totally honest, you know, I, I mean, I, I love Strange New Worlds. I think that's a terrific show. I love, you know, Next Generation, but I wasn't like, you know, I had to be there every week to watch the thing and see the thing and know what, you know. Yeah. Did I answer that question? No, that's a perfect answer. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I think that you and I have pretty much the same feelings about that because I was never a big fan of TOS. Um, mm -hmm. Just didn't really appeal to me. I like. I think your answer is, is something I'm going to steal for later is that it was just of a, a different generation than I was. And because yeah. I was so enraptured by Star Wars and all the laser swords and the pew pews and and all oh, the things, right. you know, um, yeah. that I found myself ignoring Star Trek. Uh, but but I always liked Wrath of Khan. I always thought that was a really, really good movie. So well written. Yeah. Khan was such yeah. an amazing, amazing villain. Never um, seen anybody like that before. Certainly not from outer space. Yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I saw... We had a meme in our Facebook group the other day where, and I stole it and shared it out on our, our Twitter page that said that the Wrath of Khan was essentially a hostile Zoom meeting <laughs> because Khan and, and Kirk are it always just. <laughs> <laughs> really? uh, which really? uh, I very much enjoyed. <laughs> hostile Zoom meeting, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, here's the second part of this question. So even okay. even though you didn't you didn't have that that deep background in Star Trek yeah. then, and you're you, we talked about earlier how you you're kind of um, you, you like myself you're you're kind of a noob to some of these things you're you're kind mm -hmm. of learning as you go. But what does it mean to for you to be part of the Star Trek universe? Oh my gosh, it's it's huge. It really is. It really is, and it and I think it's something that I that has been a sort of understanding of what that means both to me and just in general to be part of that thing um you know when when i got the part uh and i found out what i was doing i, I had many like i sat down with my wife and i was like 
going to be a going to be a Romulan, you know, and, and right? you know, had that moment of like, that's cool. that's a big deal, you know, to be a Romulan in Star Trek. And I'm like, that's, I mean, it's fantastically cool, isn't it? I I, I just think I'm like, that's great. I, I you know, one of the funnest gigs you could get as like I was saying, you know, if you're playing make make believe, who doesn't want to be the alien? Sure. Bad guy, you know. Yeah. Uh, so and and being part of the 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 fandom a little bit and getting to know some of the people who are who are so like generous and and authentic and you know um, really good people. I've found you know um, it's it's like I said it's a sort of an evolving understanding of what this what this thing is, but. Um, I, I'm super pumped to be a part of it, and, and uh, yeah, I love it. It's really fun. That's a great answer. I, I you know, um, on the Star Wars side of things, anytime I we've talked with people about this, you know, I've always responded with, if I could even get my name in the credits somewhere, and if this applies to Star Trek now as well too. It doesn't matter if I was just, you know, if I was a water boy for somebody, but if my name's in the credits somewhere. I would be mm. thrilled, you know, you know, I was the guy at the end of the bench, guard of the water bottle, tackle whoever comes near it, whatever, I don't yeah. care, you know, but that, you know, so being able to be in, you know, I think that for me looking at it, it for both Star Wars and Star Trek, shoot any mm -hmm. nerd universe, actually, let's be honest, yeah. you know, I'd be thrilled just yeah. to have, be able to have my name in the credits somewhere. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that, you know, like, I, I, I auditioned for Star Trek a, a bunch before I got this part. Okay. Uh, and each time you're like, oh man, that would be so cool if I got to do that and be that or, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but, it, you know, in the audition for this, I didn't know it was a Romulan. They just, okay. the sides just said commander, right? So you don't know that you're doing this part from that episode featuring that actor. Right. You know, I didn't know all that going in. So, you know, I had another sit down with my wife when I was like, it's the Mark Leonard part. It's the, oh my God, it's balance of, oh my God. So that was a real understanding. The significance of that episode was a big moment. And, uh, you know, as you alluded to Sarek earlier, like that's, that's a big part of fandom. That's a big part of yeah. the whole, the whole story. Yeah. That's very so, cool. That'd be awesome. I found so. too, that as we've talked to people from Star Trek and people from Star Wars, that it, it seems like the, <laughs> I've always been a fan of both, but the more yeah. I talk to people, the more I'm like, man, the Star Trek fandom is the coolest. Like, it is like the bigger family. It is the, mm -hmm. everybody feels welcome and accepted and like, That's the part loved. of it, right? I think I, that's, the, that's the part of it that's different is that Star Trek is the inclusive, more inclusive gang, you know, mm -hmm. it's like. It's true. Yeah. Whoever you are, you're you exist somewhere in the universe, right? You know, and Star Wars. Star Wars has like one woman on a film. Yeah, it just ain't the same place. You know? And that's the thing is, like, growing up as a Star Wars fan, it was the. Yeah. I mean, I was a kid during the prequel trilogies, so you had Padme, and it's like Padme is great, but that yeah, was sure. it. Yeah. There, yeah. there was Padme. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Versus. Star Trek, where it's the Captain Janeway, is just just the mm. top of it, and I love Janeway. Right. Like, well, you even yeah. look at the newest incantation yeah. with, with Strange New Worlds. You've got mm -hmm. you know you've got 
um, you know, uh, Uhura, you've got Melissa C. Navia's character, you know, you've got, you know, Ortegas, you've got, um, you've got, uh, uh, my brain just went completely blank on me. Uh, but there's, you know, number one, there's, there's, uh, uh, you've got Bruce Horak. You've yeah. got, you've got a, you know, a legally blind yeah. actor slash yeah. character. Yeah. You thank know. you. Yeah. So, there's all this place. diversity and even in the cast itself. And, you know, I just, it, it's, it's an amazing thing to see because in, in, in looking not just at the casting, but you go back and talk about the fandoms, um, you know, and that's one of the things that I recognize being a big Star Wars fan. There, there's far, it seems to me, far less toxicity in the Star Trek universe right? for fans than there is in the Star Wars because Star, Star Wars, Wars fans has, are, are toxic dicks. Let's just be honest. Star I, Wars fans have literally oh, yeah. bullied actors into wanting to commit suicide. Yeah, the the the, the way that they have gone after are the Star Wars fans. Yeah, are the worst. Nobody hates Star Wars like Star Wars fans. Um, you know, and it's wow. it's a shame with the things that they put uh, Ahmed Best through and Kelly Marie Tran through. Jake and Lloyd. Jake Lloyd and, and all these actors right. because, you know, it didn't, it wasn't told the way that they wanted it told. And they didn't, this actor wasn't yeah. written the way that they wanted it written. And, and, and it's, a, it's, I mean, it's a damn shame, I mean, really. Like, you know, I've heard those complaints about Star Trek too. It just in fairness. You right. know, sure. Strange New Worlds. It didn't, it wasn't who I, how I thought it was, you know, it wasn't what it, Discovery gets a lot of that. It's not what it's mm -hmm. supposed to be, man. Right. Right. You yeah. know, uh, there's not much argument to it because that is what it is. You know, right. you cannot like it, but it, Star Trek is still diverse. Right. You know, right. whereas Star Trek, they can, you know, get all happy about it, but it is still pretty in a box. It's in a box. It's it in is. a little Star Warsy box. And I love it, it too. Don't get me wrong. Right. I, yeah. I love Star Wars. Oh, and I, you know? I get exactly what you're saying. I'm, I mean, I'm such a Star Wars fan that, uh, you know, Harrison Ford's my favorite all-time actor. My son, my middle son, Nolan, who asked for the dog, his middle name is Harrison. You know, I'm, oh, wow. so yeah, I mean, Amazing. Tried, for Le tried for Leia for the daughter's wife said no, but it was a, it was a try. <laughs> it was a pitch and a pass. So, you know. Yeah, yeah I get it. Oh, yeah, goodness. Yeah. So now that we're we're done with our hot take on Star Wars versus Star Trek fans, because <laughs> it's going to happen. It's bound to happen every time. It's, it's just what we do. So yeah, I was I actually <laughs> in preparing for the interview today. I did peruse your Instagram as well, just a smidge with a, a total research, not stalker. That, that's not what we do. Sure. We research. Um, gotcha. But you actually just posted a couple of days ago an image on Instagram that said, if you can't stop thinking about it, don't stop working for it. Hmm. which i love oh. i absolutely oh, love good. that but good. it made me think so what can you not stop thinking about these days what's your next oh. big goal interesting 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 wow you know you were gonna offer me a time to plug something and so maybe this is that but um sure i, I i've been working very hard with a group of people in uh, in hamilton where i live it's a city outside of uh, toronto uh, to build a performing arts center here in town. Um, and there isn't one no. uh, sort of, you know, with that kind of Star Trek attitude where everyone is welcome and can do their thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so we've been trying to work on that for a number of years. And, and that is certainly one of those things that is frustrating and heartbreaking and difficult and, you know, and really hard. It's just hard to, to, to make happen and to get support for. Um, on an ongoing basis and you know i have quotes all over my room that sort of 
will inspire me on the right day or in the right moment. And I think on that day, that quote was like, yeah, you know, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. Keep going. It's still in your brain. It's still circulating. People believe in this, you know, as it is with anything, I think, you know, so I think it's a good little, uh, good little mantra, that one. Yeah. I've been to Hamilton. I love Hamilton. Like, Oh, I like it too. It's nice. It is just like, I felt like when we were there, it was just conveniently far enough away from Toronto that it wasn't like super Toronto-y, which I mean, I love Toronto too, but yeah. it's just I, well, quiet see, enough. I, I was real happy to leave Toronto and Hamilton kind of is far enough that you're kind of like, oh no, it's its own place. It's mm -hmm. different. It's got a bit of a different attitude. It's, it's yeah. got an industrial area, but it's got a lot of artists that have poured into the city um, as, as populations have been moving around mm -hmm. you know out of big cities a lot of folks right. come here uh, sure. and so there's there's a there's a need for this kind of place in Hamilton so oh, that's that. part of what I've been up to and and I'm working hard on awesome. that'd be so cool I mean because I know that there's the performing arts spot of Toronto I mean I went and saw we went and saw a family opera the Pantages in oh, yeah. 97 wow yeah I was five that's not a good musical to take a five-year-old to um scary it was scary it was terrifying yeah it was absolutely terrifying like yeah. did not like mirrors for years yeah, and it wasn't you. until it wasn't until the movie came out in 2004 that i watched it again and i looked at it with me wait a second this isn't as scary as i thought no no in fact it may be awful but at the time terrifying right <laughs> I mean, still super weird that this guy lives under the opera house and has come through your yeah. mirror to take you to the basement, but also yeah. beautiful and wonderful. And I love the story. Yeah. Yeah. Paddle me down your sewer, you know, yes. romance, whatever. Yes. Weird. Well, yeah. yeah. It's a very still, strange, very strange musical. Still only one of five musicals I would ever watch. Oh really? What do they? Do you literally have a list of five? Or I did. Us? Yeah, I did. I uh, so every Wednesday we we have a thing on our show we call the Five at Five, and um, I'm notorious on our show for uh, <clears throat> hating musicals. Yeah, um, okay. I pretty much despise anything. I just can't. I he have a hard time. Why people sing at him for no apparent reason mm -hmm. whatsoever? It just seems yeah. very pointless yeah. to me. Yeah, so anyway, cool. um, let's see. I think the five were. Uh, I included a couple of things I had already seen and, and enjoyed. Uh, so one of them was Phantom of the Opera. My wife, my wife loves musicals and she had taken me to a couple. And then after a while, she stopped taking me because she stopped. Because uh, you're a pain being, in the butt? Well, there is that. I was trying to find a nicer <laughs> way to say it. But yes, essentially. That was um, my nice way of saying it. I was, I was ruining her show going experience. Let's put it that way. Because mm -hmm, I was fair. asking too many questions because I was confused as to why people were singing. Yeah. Uh, but that was not the case with Phantom of the Opera. I very much enjoyed that. Um, yeah. I found the musical score to be the most uh, interesting out of all the ones that I had gone to. Um, mm -hmm. There's a show on Apple TV Plus called Schmigadoon, which mm -hmm. uh, I think is absolutely hysterical. And I Welcome. like that. Yeah, Kathleen turned me on to that one. Um, I'm a big Monty Python fan, and I think it'd be fun to watch Spam a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've never seen it, but I would be interested in that. And then two are uh, the the other two were written by Lin Manuel Miranda. Uh, mm. I've never seen Hamilton. I've yeah, been told I, I need. I've been told I, that I need to. 
Uh, mm-hmm. especially because I like hip hop and, you know, I enjoy, yeah. and I like the revolutionary war era for American history. Uh, so it seems like a no brainer. What, what more do you need then? You got right. Hamilton. You like hip hop. Right. Like- <laughs> uh, and the other one is called the Heights. So just because it has Lin-Manuel Miranda and I thought, well, you know, okay. he did this and everybody seems to think I'll like this. So maybe I'd yeah, like yeah. that too. And I looked into it and. Yeah, why you haven't know, you seen Hamilton yet? It was a musical. It's literally was, on Disney plus though. Like. I know. I was just delaying it because it was a musical and, well, musical. <laughs> okay, well, technically it's an operetta, if that makes it any better. Because really, there's, only, no. like, there's only like two spoken lines. Yeah, Everything so. else is either sung or rapped. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that you're helping its case, but, you know, all, yeah. all the same, uh, I'm you still, know, you know, I'm still interested like- in it sounds like you like the sort of newer stuff is what i can hear probably you yeah. know what i mean like fan of the opera is sort of bridging that gap between like really sing it me musicals and like yeah. a new a newer era maybe? yeah because like, uh, i grew up with like the rogers and hammerstein because my my grandma yeah, was an opera singer that's a different thing that's yeah. a totally different thing yeah my, my grandma was an opera singer my mom and my dad met doing community theater like i grew up with yeah. oklahoma and seven brides for seven brothers and yeah Oh, my, my heavy stuff. My wife, my wife has has a few hidden skills. One of which is that she can pretty much do the entire script of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, because it's one of the most ridiculous stories and films ever. Yes, it is. Ever, ever. It is. And, like talk about things that are like don't stand up with like how our worlds changed. Like you know, all of those. All of those are really problematic right now. Oh, yeah. Like the title alone is like, what are we doing? Everybody's marrying everybody? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> My high school did Seven Brides for Seven Brothers when I was, oh, that would have been my, because it's got gosh, a big been my eighth grade year. Yeah. So it was the year before I was actually in high school. And it was, I mean, it was a very well done production, other than when one of the seven brothers' towels fell off and um, he wasn't wearing anything under it. Oh, formative moment for you there, hey? On stage in an elementary school. <laughs> yep. Like, Just hanging brain in the elementary ooh, school. It okay. Was, it's right up there with when they did Footloose <clears throat> and the guy actually decided to, to punch the other guy in the face and broke his nose during the show. And. Wow. Live yeah, theater gets school. fun. Yeah, Live sure. theater gets fun. <laughs> Dangerous. <laughs> All right, Matthew, we have one final question for you. What's that? This is our silly question. We warned you about uh, this in okay. the pre-show. So this, because the rest of our, as Kathleen is so prone to say, because the rest of our questions have been so serious. This is our silly <laughs> question. Um, All right. So if you could send someone a lifetime supply of something, but it has to be someone who annoys you. What would you send them and why? You know what I, here's a, here, here's a, this is a evasion perhaps, but I remember when I was a kid, there was this, uh, or when I was a kid, I was younger, I lived in Montreal, and I, I remember going up the street to this pool hall that I used to play at. And, and it used to be this amazing place, and then somebody, they changed owners, and they changed how it looked inside and all these bikers started playing there and they it was just this totally different vibe totally different place it wasn't friendly it was dangerous all these things started it just changed (laughs) and 
I remember one day I, I went up to the bar and I got $20 and change and I went over to the jukebox and I put all $20 in on damn. I wish I was your lover. By, <laughs> I don't remember who it was that sang that song and just, they played it for hours at this, uh, at this, at this pool hall, just, and all these bikers are like, what the, it's going so That's Sophie B. Hawkins, wasn't it? That's Sophie B. Hawkins. So that would be my goal, is like to send somebody who annoys me a lot of like love that kind of isn't right for them. Oh, <laughs> I like evil, it. Right? Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> I don't know what it would be though. Like I would yeah. have to. I was thinking that when I when I was writing this question, I was thinking, what would I? I would want to send somebody something. If they really annoyed me, it'd have to be like a uh, something that like they got sent regularly like through the mail with like a, a subscription of something that's something they didn't like you know like if somebody yeah. were to do it to me they'd send me like blueberries whatever because i don't like blueberries you know but there you go i'll remember that you know you know what uh, i remember <laughs> signing up for a lifetime subscription of just glitter bombs blueberry oh. magazine there you go I remember in high school, I had a I had a math teacher who was a horrible person, and I remember dropping math because it was clear oh, I not, could not do this. And and he was this like felt like he was just like cut out from the Cold War and kind of put in front of the classroom like through cut and Oof. you know pens and this is the way you do things and all this. And I remember I, when I dropped his class, I went to see him in in his office, and I I brought him a plant as like a goodbye and I and just his face of utter confusion about like why are you, why are you giving me a plant I'm this you know anyways it challenged him in weird uncomfortable ways and so I loved giving him that because I hated this man and I knew he would be confused by a plant I, I love it love that's that. awesome why is that's it always the math thing. teachers why is it always the math teachers that are the worst uh, well it depends who you are I guess you know if you're well, a great because... master not the worst they're because they're, they're trying to teach other people how to summon the demons that's what they're doing so you know <laughs> if they could have come out and said that i would have been in i would have been down right? but like, that would have been fun all the numbers get in the way <laughs> nice oh goodness matthew thank you so much for taking time to be on our show with us today where can our viewers and our listeners go to find out more about you and your work Sure. I'm, I've got a website, I think, at MatthewMcFadgen.com, and I'm on Instagram at, at MatthewMcFadgen. Uh, awesome. Thank you for, so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. You. Great to uh, talk with you both. Yeah. This was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Right so I want to remind everybody that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to help us to continue to grow and get amazing guests like Matthew McFadgen here to have these this We've had a blast, and we hope he did too. But these funny moments for you to be able to listen to. So please subscribe. It helps out well more than you know. And go check out Matthew's stuff as well. He's got a lot of cool stuff out there for you guys to check out. But if for whatever reason you aren't happy with the con with the content of our show today, please feel free to submit a complaint to the head of our complaint department. That's the Hardy Boys. Yeah, Frank and Joe Hardy may not be bad guys, and they don't have an evil bone in their fictional bodies. But what they do possess is a certain set of skills. A set of skills that make them dangerous to podcasters like Kathleen and I. No, not those type of skills. No one's getting killed here. We hope anyway. But just know that when you submit your complaint in duplicate, 
that these young sleuths will take your case and see it through to the bitter end, providing justice for you, the offended party, no matter what it takes. Possibly the only better solution would have been for you to call the Mosby Boys. Thanks again, Matthew. Pleasure. That was a thank, hell of an outro. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to conclude us for the FSF podcast. Goodbye. Copyright 2023 FSF podcast. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned on this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by FSF Podcast. The views expressed by the guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at info at fsfpodcast.com. Original music by Jordan Michaels.